This message you're about to listen to is brought to you by Schamburg Community Church. Listen and be blessed. I woke up really early to pray and I felt the Lord say some things to me that I want to just quickly share with you before I go ahead and, and preach. Um, if any of this applies to you, please, after the service, go see Pastor Wally and have him pray for you. There's somebody here who's had sinus issues. Uh, your sinuses right about here have, have been a problem since childhood. Uh, I feel the Lord say to me that he's going to heal you right now. And uh, someone else here who's had toothache all weekend, the Lord says that the tooth is being repaired right now uh, and the pain is going away. But you should keep your dentist appointment because you are the kind of person that will not believe until your dentist tells you that you are okay. And uh, there's a, a person here, I think the person's name is Kunle, who's having a difficult time financially. I feel the Lord say your breakthrough is around the corner, Amen. but that you should remember that the job is not your provider, Amen. and you should not let it become your God. Amen. And uh, fourth, there's a lady here who's trying to get pregnant. The Lord said it's not yet time that you are not barren, so don't waste your money on doctors, because when it is time, you won't have to spend a dime. Amen. And uh, this one is a bit, I think it's God, but just in case. There's a person here, uh, a taller, and uh, the, the Lord said, I think the Lord said that the person that you are with will not bring you peace. He says you can have her if you want, but get ready for plenty of battles. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let, let me just start this morning, this sermon, by saying that there are many things I don't know. I'm one of those people that I'm very aware of my limitations. I know that there are many things that I do not know. And I know that there are many things that I don't know that I don't know. Amen. But one thing that I know is that God has called me to the ministry of encouragement. And this morning, I feel very strongly that God brought me here to encourage somebody. You know, there's somebody here going through a challenge, maybe more than one person. The Lord says he sees you and he has not left you. He says, how do you think you have survived for so long? When they sent assassins to kill you, he is the one who did not let them kill you. When they sent sickness, he was the one that healed you. When they tried to, to deport you, the Lord said he was the one that intervened for you. It says, when you lost your job and you didn't know how you will survive, he is the one that kept you. Amen. He says he has heard your cries, and even though you've wept all night, and the night seems like it has been too long, the Lord said, I should tell you, that your joy, turn to your neighbor and say, your joy. It says, your joy is coming with the morning. Hallelujah. This morning, I want to look at a, a couple of stories from the Bible. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is in the second year of his ministry. And I don't know if you know this, but Jesus' ministry on this earth lasted for only three years before he went to the cross. Theologians, when they are describing his ministry, they will tell you that the first year was the year of inauguration, the second year was the year of popularity, and the third year was the year of his opposition. So what we're looking at is some events in the second year. And what we will see in that second year is that thousands and thousands of people are gathering around Jesus. They have heard about how radical 
his ministry is, how, how, how different his teachings are. They have heard about the miracles and they want to witness some of those miracles and experience some of those miracles for themselves. So the first story I want us to look at this morning is Mark chapter 4, is in Mark chapter 4, the 35th verse. I will read through to the 40th verse from the NIV, the New International Version. Says that day, when evening came, Mark the fourth chapter, the 35th verse, through to the 40th verse. Says that day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along. Just as he was in the boat, there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Verse 38. Jesus was in the stern. Tell your neighbor, Jesus was in the stern. The Bible says he was sleeping on a cushion. Then the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Ask your neighbor, don't you care? And he got up and he rebuked the wind. And he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down. And he was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Amen. You may please be seated. Jesus is in the boat with his disciples. Amen. And Jesus falls asleep. And everything the Bible tells us is going smoothly. And suddenly, out of the blues, without warning, a storm breaks out. The storm is so severe. The Bible says that the water is coming into the boat and it looks like they are going to capsize. Meanwhile, the Bible says Jesus is sleeping. Amen? Jesus is sleeping. You know, one of the things that when you read this story that I want you to remember is that the disciples did not know there was going to be a storm. They did not have prior warning that there would be a storm. They made, as it were, a good decision based on the information they had. They looked at the sky, they looked at the sea, and they thought, you know what, this would be a good time to do what we need to do. And they made a decision to go out onto the river. Now, Jesus, on the other hand, nobody, nothing takes him by surprise. He knows what is coming. He knew that a storm was coming, and how did he respond? The Bible says he went and he got a cushion. And he went to sleep. He made himself comfortable. And the fact that he got the cushion tells you that he didn't fall asleep by accident. It wasn't that he was sleep deprived. He saw a storm coming and his response to the storm was to balance. Amen? And the Bible says he slept. Now the disciples, when, they, when the storm finally came, look at how they responded. They said to Jesus, teacher... Don't you care if we drown? Have you noticed that when we are confronted with a challenge, with a serious challenge, the first question that some of us will ask is, God, don't you care? When the storms come, God, where are you? We start to doubt the love of God. And the reason why we doubt the love of God during our storms is because we have come to associate the love of God with the absence of storms. If God loves me, there will never be a storm. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? In fact, you know people will judge you. If you're going through difficult times, people look at you like there's something wrong with you. They actually come and ask you, brother, what are you doing? That there must be one secret sin that you're not telling anybody about. That is why all of this misfortune is happening to you. Teacher, don't you care? If there is a storm, it means that either we have done something wrong or God does not love us. But the Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 8, says God has already, don't you ever say already? God has already demonstrated his love for us in that while we were still sinners, that means that on your worst day, before you became born again, that is when God loved you. And that is when he died for you. For me, that means it was on those days when I was, there's a place we used to go to when I was younger and foolish, called Shrine. It means that Jesus died for me while I was at the Shrine high out of my mind. That was when his love for me was manifest. While I was at the shrine, high out of my mind. Not now that I'm a pastor and a good husband. Hallelujah. So if you, if you understand that, if you understand that it was while you were still a sinner that Christ died for you, the devil will come and tell you, you know what, you're not the problem. You're a good guy. You don't sin. It is your ancestors. You are, you are laboring under an, an ancestral curse. That is why all these bad things are happening to you. With all due respect, I have one word for that. Rubbish. Because the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah 31, verses 29 to 30, it says a day is coming. And in those days, people will no longer say, tell your neighbor, people will no longer say, the parents have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Instead, in those days, everyone will die for their own sin. Whoever eats sour grapes, their own teeth will be set on edge. When are those days? Now! Galatians chapter 6 says, Every man shall bear his own burden. Under the new covenant, these are the days of the new covenant. These are the days of the New Testament. The Bible says all things are passed away and behold, everything. It says in Christ, you are a new creation. Does that mean that in Christ I'm a new creation, but I'm carrying my ancestors with me? All things, all things have passed away, including whatever my ancestors did. It has nothing to do with me. Because in Christ, I am a new creature. God is not looking at me and looking for the man that died 200 years ago that I don't know. Then what is the point of Jesus? I might as well go back to the Babalawo in the village. Tell your neighbor, every man shall bear his own burden. How many times will we be delivered from ancestral curses? Every day, we're being delivered from ancestral curses. Meanwhile, the Bible says in our days. When are those days going to come? Tell your neighbor rubbish. I know this is a challenge for some people. But you see, the problem of our generation is that we don't read the Bible. 
And when we read it, what we read is not sufficient because it doesn't fit in with our culture. It is easier for us to believe in ancestral curses than to believe in the power of God. I come from a place called Igbaraudo, Ikiti. I have seen rain stop in the middle of the road. So when you say curse, I understand it. But the word of God supersedes my antecedents. Amen? Amen? The Bible says Jesus Christ was in the boat with them. He was there in the middle of the storm. And listen carefully, it was not their prayer that brought him into the boat with them. It was not their praise and worship that brought him down. He was always there. We, we know the story of Joseph. His brothers were envious of him, and they plotted to kill him. They threw him into a pit and sold him into slavery. When Joseph was sold into the storm of slavery, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 39, verse 2, that God was with him. When Mrs. Potiphar framed him for rape, and they threw him into the storm of prison, what does the Bible say? God was with him. The presence of God did not stop the storm. God, Jesus Christ said to Peter, says the devil has requested to sift you like wheat, but I have, what, I have prayed for you. What happened to Peter? The devil sifted him like wheat. Is it that God did not answer Jesus' prayer? Of course he did, because the presence of God, even though it does not stop the storm, let me tell you what it does. It stops the storm from destroying you. The presence of God did not prevent Joseph's brothers from throwing him into the pit and selling him into slavery. But it gave him favor and did not allow the experience to destroy him. Rather, the experience promoted him. The, the Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It didn't say no weapon shall be formed against you. So the devil will try, but he will not succeed that is why in Psalm 34 verse 19, the Bible says, the righteous person may have many troubles. Not one trouble, many troubles. But the Lord delivers him from them all. It is very important that you always remember the promise of God to Israel. In Genesis 28 verse 15. It says, I am with you and I will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Jesus Christ knew what his purpose was. He knew that he had not yet fulfilled purpose. So he knew that there was no way he was going to die in the storm. Do you know your purpose? Do you know why you are here? When you know and if you know, you will not be easily moved by the inevitable storms of life. And that is why it is critical, my brothers and sisters, that we spend time praying and seeking God to reveal to you what his purpose is for your life and aligning yourself with that purpose. If you are doing what God has asked you to do, there is no storm that can take you out. Even the devil cannot touch you. When you are fulfilling purpose, when you are fighting the battles that God has, has called you to fight, even nature 
will submit to you. In the book of Exodus, the Bible tells us that Joshua was in the middle of a God-ordained battle. And he commanded the sun to stand still and the moon not to set until Joshua had finished his, his assignment. Jesus was on God's assignment, so he slept. Whose assignment are you on? Yours or God's? Hebrews 13 verse 5 says, never, don't you remember, say never. never. It says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. That is the promise of God. That is why Jesus slept in the middle of the storm. He knew and he believed the promises of God. Amen? Amen. Let me tell you uh, something a little deep from this story. Even though the disciples did not have faith, they survived that storm. Do you know why? Jesus had faith. And they were in the boat with Jesus. Sometimes when your faith is overwhelmed by the storms of your life, by the size and the, and the noise of the storm, all you need to do is have faith in Jesus. If Jesus is in your boat, you don't need to be afraid of storms. And that is why Jesus said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed. Because all you need is not faith to quiet the storm. You need faith in Jesus. So don't worry about the storm. Just secure your connection to Jesus. The second story that I want to share with you is in Matthew 14, 22. And we have another incident with the boat, another boating incident. Another boating incident. This time the disciples are alone in the boat. Jesus is not with them. Once again, the water is rough. The waves are getting bigger and the boat is being tossed around. And off in the distance, they see a figure walking towards them. Their first guess as they see that figure walking towards them, is this a ghost? Let's quickly read Matthew 14, verse 27. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, Tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat and walked on water and came toward Jesus. Peter steps out of the boat, starts walking on water, and if he keeps his eyes on Jesus and not the waves, he's okay. So this story tells us the disciples are caught in a storm again. In this world, you will have plenty of storms. It's not a curse. Don't reject it. In this world, the Bible says you will have tribulations with an S. Not tribulation. Tribulations. Christians get frustrated when they have a problem. And God delivers them from that problem. And they want to relax and then there's another problem. Listen, the only way to avoid problems is to die. So choose this morning. Do you die or do you have problems? Which one would you prefer? You see, nobody wants to say problems. Let me tell you, I do not want to die until I fulfill my purpose. That means I have accepted the fact that there will be problems. As long as I breathe, there will be problems. That way, problems don't surprise you. Problems don't overwhelm you. Because you know, it's like you leave your house at 4 o'clock and you want to go to downtown Chicago. And there's traffic and you're like, what is this? 
What, what, what do you think it is? <laughs> it is traffic. That is what happens if you get on the highway in the Chicago area. That's part of it. If you don't like it, move to... Uh, no, uh, no, we have it now. Move to Iowa. Hallelujah. There will be many storms. I am not prophesying. I am not cursing you. I am just stating a fact. And any pastor who tells you that there will be no storms, pull your, sorry, just leave. In the middle of the storm, Peter chose to obey the voice of Jesus. And he stepped out of the boat. How many of us would leave the boat? Step out of the boat. Now remember that the boat is solid wood. And inside the boat, there are people. And by the time you guys help yourselves, maybe somehow, somebody will survive this problem. To get out of that comfort zone and step into H2O. Are you mad? The boat is certainty. The water is uncertainty. Staying in the boat is risky. But stepping into the water is madness. And many of us would have thought Peter was foolish and irresponsible. How do you leave the certainty of the boat and the comfort of your friends to step on water? Besides, are you sure it is Jesus and not a ghost? The challenge we have is that sometimes when we hear the voice of Jesus, we are not sure if we are hearing a ghost. And when that voice is asking us to do something that makes us vulnerable, then we are even less sure. It's almost as if the riskier the instruction, the, the, the more unsure we are. Let's do an exercise. If you heard a voice say to you now, my son, my daughter, Give your neighbor one dollar. Most of us will just be like, okay. One dollar. It's one dollar. One dollar. What's, what's the big deal? You give your neighbor one dollar. Like, Are you sure you're not saying two dollars? If that same voice that you just obeyed, my son, my daughter, it is me again. Yes, Lord. Give your neighbor your tax returns. All of it. Is there anyone else out there? Is that a ghost? The same voice that you obeyed five seconds ago because the amount has increased. Is it a ghost? For many of us, it is the stakes that determines our faith. The bigger the stakes, the less faith we have. The stakes were very high for Peter. But he chose to move towards Jesus than stay in a sinking boat. Sometimes for you to escape the storm, you must leave your squad. You must leave the boys. Leave the, the world and their unbelief and move towards Jesus. Because the other guys in the boat were convinced he was a ghost. Because if they had thought it was Jesus, they would have gone with Peter. You will always be surrounded by people 
who will tell you that what you are hearing is a ghost? Peter chose Jesus. Who will you choose? If you want to walk on water, my brothers and sisters, many times you will have to get out of the boat and walk towards Jesus. Jesus is always the answer to the storms of life. I don't know what storm you are going through right now, but I can tell you what I know. Jesus loves you. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah 43 and verse 2, the New Living Translation says, when you go through deep waters, not if you go through deep waters, when you go through, if you have not gone through it, it is waiting for you. And if you have just come out of it, there's another one. It says, when you go through it, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, <laughs> hallelujah, it says you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. That is the promise of God. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they ended up in the fiery furnace. A Christianity that promises you, you will never be in the lion's den is a lie. That promises you, you will never end up in the fiery furnace is a lie. But the promise of God, they will not destroy you. Let us bow our heads and pray. Let's just speak to the Lord this morning and thank him that even though we pass through waters, even though we, we experience difficulty, even though some of us right now feel like the flames are hot, the promise of God is that we will come out of this we will not only survive this, but we will thrive from this. It was the same experience that was meant to destroy Joseph that took him to the palace. God is taking somebody to the palace. This morning, let's just thank God that he is with us. Yeah. We hope you've been blessed by this message. For more information, contact Shamrock Community Church, 927N Plum Grove Road, Shamrock, Illinois. Or you can check us out on www.shamrock.org. Jesus is Lord.